Hello, friends, and welcome to what is the fourth episode of the Yours Truly podcast. My name is Claire Tuning. I am your host. I am your owner of the one-woman show that is Yours Truly Nutrition, where we kind of take a different approach, approach to nutrition. We call it gentle nutrition, looking at nutrition through a more gentle lens, not just the macro perspective, not just the diet perspective. We really look at all the factors that go into what makes you you and what makes you put the things in your mouth that you do and how to become the best, most authentic, happy, and fulfilled version of yourself through a little bit of a different approach to nutrition. So what I'm going to talk about today is kind of it falls in line with this different approach to nutrition. So this comes after a blog post that I um, just published yesterday or the day um, after recording this episode. And I really want to focus on craving. So the title of this blog was The Secret Craving Cure. And if I'm being totally honest with you, it's a little bit of clickbait um, because as we all know, the things that are a little bit more intriguing to the eye or maybe the things that seem a little bit more controversial are the things that get a little bit more attention in the eye of the internet and in the eye of the reader. But if I'm being totally honest with you, there's really no secret to curing your cravings. And I know a lot of these health and nutrition blogs and websites and fitness gurus like to make it sound like there's a secret or, you know, if you're having these cravings and you're doing something wrong and um, I'm sure they have a fine perspective too, but my opinion um, is a little bit different. So I'm going to approach how I deal with cravings um, with myself and my own personal body and also how I deal with this question when it comes up with clients. Um, and it is a little bit more of a gentle approach. So have you ever heard someone say, or have you ever said yourself, um, quote, you know, I can't seem to want to eat the things that I know are good for me because I'm constantly craving insert anything here. So it could be constantly craving chocolate, constantly craving another sweet um, cake. Maybe it's something salty like fries or chips. Um, you know, anything that really just like makes our mouth salivate, maybe something more than like kale would, for example. Um, but if it sounds familiar, this happens to all of us and it's happened to me in the past. It's happened to a lot of my clients. So I think we can all resonate with some kind of variation of this statement, at least to some extent. But I think part of being being human um, is really having the ability to derive pleasure from our experiences that other living creatures rely on purely for survival. And food is one of these experiences. So as humans, we actually have the ability to associate enjoyment with food um, and kind of take it past a point of something that we just need to survive. And this is something that I really focus on in gentle nutrition. You know, um, we're not just eating to fill the macros. We are not just eating to check the boxes on our little meal plan. We're eating, first of all, to give our body the nutrients that it needs. Yes, of course, we're doing that. But we're also eating um, to give ourselves a sense of pleasure and a sense of enjoyment. And we're really not depriving ourselves um, for lack of that. So Today, like I said, I'm going to provide a different perspective on ways that you can satisfy your cravings, um, but first I'm going to kind of drop into a metaphor here or an analogy because if you know me personally, um, even if you don't, but if you've kind of like immersed yourself in my content and you've read my blogs, you've listened to me talk on Instagram or here on the podcast, um, you know that there's really nothing that I love more than a good analogy. So humor me here for a second. Um, 
I want to ask you if you had a leak in the roof of your house. Now, I know not all of you live in houses. Um, some of us may live in like apartments or condos, but like you know what I mean. If you had a leak in the structure that was sheltering your cute little head, um, what would you do? So I'm fortunate enough to never have been granted the sole responsibility um, of a problem of this scale, but what I think that I would do, or you know, my informed imagination can dream up a probable course of action, that would look something like this. So picture me. I'm about 5'4". I walk into my kitchen. I have arguably reddish hair. If you've never met me, some people say it's red. Some people say it's blonde. That's up to you to decide. But I walk into my kitchen um, because I'm hungry. I want a snacky poo, right? Like, I just need something to hold me over. Um, nightfall is coming, and I hear a couple loud cracks of thunder in the distance. So um, while standing at the fridge, this huge thunderstorm just starts to ensue outside. And, you know, sometimes I can be a little bit indecisive, so I'm kind of standing there at the door to the fridge, um, pondering what I'm going to eat, and then water begins to kind of like aggressively drip on my head. Um, when this happens, usually you turn your gaze upwards to help identify the source of water. So this is what I would do in this situation. I'd look up and I would say, oh my God, oh no, my roof is leaking. How unfortunate, right? So what I would do now is like, honestly speaking, I would continue to get the snacky poo because I know I cannot handle big situations like this in a state of hanger. That's just something that I know about myself and you should probably know about yourself too. Um, so what I would do in the meantime, you know, I would grab a bucket to catch that immediate water and I'd finish the snack. And then when I was done, I would pull up my phone because, you know, I'm a millennial and phone books don't exist to me anymore. And I would say, hey Siri, like get me a roof guy to come fix this roof with roof materials, you know? So humoring me here. Thank you very much. I know it's not a super scientific discussion because I honestly don't know much about roofs um, other than how to raise them, of course, lol, but you get my point. So I identified, I identified that I had a problem and I knew the solution to best repair this roof issue um, for lasting durability was going to be calling someone who could put real bona fide roof materials up there, right? Like I didn't look up to the leaky roof and said, oh no, my roof is leaking. Like, maybe I should try to patch the hole with some of this leftover newspaper, um, or maybe I should use the saran wrap from my little snack, or like, maybe if I totally ignore it and keep the bucket there, the hole will go away. Like, if I said any of these things in seriousness, you, as a friend, would like walk into my house and probably tell me I am a lunatic, um, more so than you already think that I am, that is. Um, but the funny thing is, this like lunatic version of this narrative happens all the time when it comes to food and cravings. How often have you read either a, you know, a book, a magazine, or maybe listened to a physician or another dietitian or you know, a friend who's, who's listened to these people and they've told you something along the lines of, you know, when you're craving that cookie, uh, try having a piece of fruit instead. Or if you're craving something salty, like instead of getting those french fries when you go out to eat, request the steamed broccoli or a side salad. Or um, if you're really craving chocolate, like homegirl, like if it's your time of the month and you want chocolate but you're on a diet, like go for the rice cakes that are lightly drizzled and some like low calorie stevia drizzled chocolate or whatever. Or maybe just like skip your dessert entirely, but if you're still craving it later on, like try some Halo Top like have half of the pint, which side note, we all know is impossible, but we've all heard statements like this before. And I will kind of step up to the plate here and take full responsibility because I used to tell people these things when I was in school to be a dietitian because 
I'll clarify that there is nothing wrong with those suggestions. Like, of course, those are all healthy courses of action, right? If we look at the nutrient profiles of the food, like the fruit or the broccoli or um, the lower calorie chocolate that has sweetened with stevia, like the nutrient profiles of those foods, you know, are good. Um, but what I'm trying to say here, and this is really simple, uh, a, you know, a kindergartner could figure what I'm going to say next out, but um, simply speaking, a piece of fruit is not a cookie. It's just not. You can't argue with that. Steamed broccoli in a side salad is not french fries. Chemically speaking, it is not. It does not come from the same plant. Um, like a low calorie or a low sugar chocolate with rice cakes is not real chocolate. It's just not. Um, and quite frankly, skipping dessert never works for long-term success. Um, and also Halo Top is not real ice cream. Like you can argue with me all you want, but nothing, in my opinion, can ever replace the little scoop of heaven that is literally found in the taste of real ice cream. So don't get me wrong. Like I said, those first pieces of advice, there's nothing wrong with them. In fact, I know a lot of people who they may have worked very well for in the past in helping them to achieve a better version of their health. However, what I'm saying is for a lot of people, following that advice and expecting to feel that same level of satisfaction after the fact is just as unrealistic as me trying to patch my roof with newspaper and expecting that it's going to never leak again, right? Really similar comparison, similar analogy. So the truth of the matter is that the only thing that will truly fix and satisfy, so there's two components, we are fixing the craving and satisfying the craving for a certain food, is simply put, that exact food. Interestingly enough, too, you're probably even apt to eat less overall and have less feelings of guilt associated with your eating pattern if you simply eat what you want, what you like, and what you enjoy. So um, all I'm saying here is let's stop complicating nutrition. So when you deny your body's cravings and fill the void of that strong craving with a substitute, um, for example, like trying to fix all of the leaky ceilings of your life with that newspaper or trying to fill the void of all of the dessert with fruit, you're probably going to end up eating more anyways and feeling more mentally consumed with the can and cannots of your food decisions. So if you think about it this way, like think back to a time that you've, let's just stick with the dessert example, because this is something that I've had surface a lot in my personal life. And I see um, a fair amount with my clients, right? So if you're craving a piece of, I always use chocolate cake as the example, because that's one of my favorites and that's what my brain goes to. So if you're craving a piece of chocolate cake um, and you're like, you know, I'm on this diet and I'm going to be quote unquote good and I'm not going to have the chocolate cake. So instead, um, let's go back to that rice cake example. We're going to have some rice cakes with like some stevia sweetened chocolate on top. Um, so you have a serving of those. You ate it. It was great, but guess what? Your craving still isn't satisfied because the rice cakes aren't chocolate cake. So what do you do next? You maybe go, um, you rummage around in your fridge, hope the ceiling isn't like leaking on your head at this point, um, but maybe you grab 
I don't know, a piece of fruit and a little bit of nut butter. And even though you're using portion control um, and you enjoy the fruit and you enjoy the nut butter, which in and of themselves are healthy foods, they're healthy choices, it still doesn't scratch that itch, right? Like it still doesn't satisfy that craving for the chocolate. So you're still sitting there um, kind of unhappy now that you've had two snacks instead of one, but you're still craving something. So in reality, um, eventually, maybe for a lot of people, you're going to give in to that chocolate craving anyways, and you're going to have more chocolate than you would have had in the first place because now you're brain has kind of sat there and marinated on the fact for the past two hours it's saying chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. So when it actually gets hands on the chocolate, it may be more apt to go overboard than on the flip side if you were to just say in the beginning like, I want chocolate cake. Um, I'm just going to have a piece and I'm going to sit there mindfully and I'm going to enjoy every bite of it. Like literally almost have like a sensual experience with this chocolate cake. Just have a time and then when you step away from that chocolate cake, First of all, you don't really have any feelings of guilt because you know your body was telling you that it needed something and you had um, the ability to honor that. And then also you had a serving of it and you fully enjoyed it. Um, so you didn't end up consuming, if we want to talk calories here, you didn't end up consuming the calories from snack number one, snack number two, and overeating on the snack that you wanted anyways in the first place. So um, all that I'm saying is if you actually lean into that craving and um, say, hey body, like you are smart and I love and appreciate you. So I'm going to allow you um, whatever you want, what food you want in the amounts that you want them. And you may be saying like, oh my God, Claire, how will I ever be able to stop eating chocolate cake or ice cream or whatever your thing is? Um, I promise you, uh, if you give yourself that unconditional permission, I know this is a really scary jump to make, but if you have the bravery and the gumption to kind of give yourself that grace, eventually, as I always say, the storm cloud will run out of rain. So, you know, say for a week, like all you did was eat chocolate cake. Like, of course, the dietitian in me is probably like, oh my gosh, like your body may be suffering a little bit because of the lack of micronutrients that you would get from fruits and veggies and fiber and things like that. But um, you're probably not going to have such a strong inclination to chocolate cake at the end of that little self-experiment. Yeah, sometimes, sure, you'll still want it, um, but because you know that you can have it whenever you would like, um, you're likely to probably crave it less and then eat less of it because you know it will still be there tomorrow. So, All I'm saying is, you know, having a strong working knowledge of nutrition, kind of what is held in those first suggestions, you know, having the piece of fruit or having the rice cakes, like that is a knowledge of nutrition. We know those foods are healthy and this knowledge is wonderful and necessary in learning how to live your healthiest life that is strong and free of disease, but you cannot let this knowledge morph into what we call um, the ugly, the all-powerful, the food police because this foundation of knowledge, I always like to say, can be used to shape and inform your food decisions. But the moment that you become a, you know, a weakened subject or powerless to its control is really the moment that any diet or any knowledge of nutrition loses its true health benefit. So, 
there is true power in honoring the wisdom of your body from a place and from an intention that is filled with self-love and trained mindfulness. So not really allowing any book or magazine or article or like self-proclaimed like fitness guru or Instagram model to convince you otherwise. Your body is so, so, so smart. Like how has it evolved to this point if it wasn't smart? Like your body knows. You just have to learn how to love and honor the unique of that wisdom from your body and those cravings rather than to reject it and rather to shame yourself for having those cravings. This is really a big shift to positivity that the diet world and the diet culture just doesn't have room for because there's too much noise from the food police that is hiding under this nutrition knowledge umbrella. So if you're like, okay, Claire, that sounds amazing, but you really kind of fear this all-in big perspective shift that this practice undoubtedly takes and requires, I'm here to help. You know, I am a registered dietitian. I have this formal background in the science of nutrition, but I also have a strong personal practice with myself and my clients to help people take knowledge of food and use it in a healthy way, or it transforms or it informs rather our decisions, but we never allow it to control us. And that is where gentle nutrition really comes in. We're looking at the whole person. We're looking at all the things that affect your life and your food choices, not just, you know, what is going to make you lose weight or what's going to get you that specific body composition on paper, because there is a big difference between being happy and nourished by the food that you're eating and then just eating to reach a certain goal. And I really, really want to help all of you listening um, to kind of make that jump. So if you are in with me and you're like, oh my God, I got this on my own. Um, I really, really wish you the best of success. Please keep listening to the podcast and learning. But if you really want to know how this applies to you um, in your personal life on an individualized manner, I really encourage you to um, either send me a message or go to my website, clairetuning.com and apply for a spot in my personalized gentle nutrition coaching program where we tackle um, this, this jump head on so this is just one of the many topics that we talk about um, in my coaching framework, but I feel it's super important. So um, my strategy calls, my initial calls are always free. Um, they're about 30 minutes long, and like I said, you can apply for a spot for this on my website. So that is all I have to say for now. Um, again, I'm still kind of new to this podcast thing, but if you enjoyed this episode, um, if what I'm saying really resonates with you and it helps you, um, first of all, go ahead and leave me five stars. Say, Claire, like this is such a great podcast. Please keep speaking. Um, and you can even leave a comment if you have a thought to share on this message or if you have a few more minutes to offer up. I would be deeply, deeply grateful for that. And most importantly, if you have anyone who you know needs to hear this message or you know could maybe have a healthier relationship with themselves and with food or maybe you just want to broaden their perspective, please share this episode with them um, or share any of my other episodes so they get as much value um, and free content added to their life to kind of help push them in the right direction. So that is all I have to say for now. Um, but until next time, I wish you the best of luck and all of your craving success. Yours, Julie Claire. <laughs>